This is More Knowledge, More Wealth with your host, Gabriel Shaheen. Gabriel is a certified financial planner and a registered investment advisor at Falcon Wealth Planning. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the services or securities discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. Now here's your host, Gabriel Shaheen. Good day, this is Gabriel Shaheen, Certified Financial Planner and your host of More Knowledge, More Wealth here on every weekend talking about all important topics of personal finance. My goal is to go over the knowledge you need to increase your wealth. Now, to the, to the listener, you can always reach out to myself or any one of my colleagues here at Falcon Wealth Planning. Our phone number is 855-963-2526. That's 855-96-FALCON, like the bird. Or visit our website at falconwealthplanning.com. That's falconwp.com for short. Or you can get this episode or any one of our previous episodes as well just by going to podcast, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, whatever it may be. Also, if you want to be able to get some more information, send a request at radio at falconwp.com. That's radio at falconwp.com. On our website, we have this knowledge center that takes you directly to YouTube, and we have almost a million views on YouTube, and we are rocking and rolling on those, and just the requests are now continuing to come in. I'm actually dedicating my Fridays just to make videos. It takes about a week to edit, and we throw them up there, and our videos are getting tens of thousands of views. We have one video that has over 200,000 views, and we are able to put those on, so please send those our way. Now, by the way, folks, I'm the president of Falcon Wealth Planning. We are a fee-only, non-commissioned, true fiduciary folks, and we talk about all important topics of personal finance, something as simple as just your current situation today, planning for retirement, talking about taxes, investments, estate planning, insurance, folks, you name it, anything that involves a dollar sign, we can help you with, which is why we're offering a free financial assessment where we can help relate this show to your specific situation, folks. Give us a call. We'll be happy to help. We've got offices all across the country, and we can help. It doesn't matter where you are. Our phone number is 855-963-2526. That's 855-96-FALCON, like the bird. Or visit our website at falconwealthplanning.com. That's falconwp.com. On our front page, there's a section there where you can actually just inquire and set an appointment. Uh, an inquiry. So, folks, long introduction there. I just wanted to go over some information today. Uh, a lot of just current events <laughs> that are going around right now. Uh, one of them just, uh, hey, we just got done with Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day for those uh, last week. I, I want to go over a study from the University of Cincinnati and how they were talking about, there's, and the numbers haven't come out yet, but we spend on average, let's call it $25 billion. They're anticipating it's going to be an extra 20 or excuse me, an extra $1 billion to get us to $26 billion for this year. It seems to just consistently go up. I mean, quite frankly, the cost of jewelry, chocolates, meals at restaurants, all of it has just gone up over time. So it's just interesting the economic impact it has. Now, listen, I went on a rant not too long ago talking about all these Hallmark holidays that the government put together to help us spend money. And my wife didn't appreciate that so much. She likes the Mother's Day, the Father's Day, the Halloween. She likes these uh, hallmark periods where we spend a lot of money. So 
I get that and I respect that. And there's nothing negative about it. Outside of the simple fact is it does add massive supply and demand issue. So for example, you go to a cheesecake factory, a normal day might be 30 to 45 minute wait. On that day, it might be two to three hour wait. That's supply and demand. Everybody wants to go out on Valentine's Day or the missus will be upset. You know, I personally like to go out on different days. But then at the same time, you're sitting there at your house on Valentine's Day while everybody else is going out. Say what you want, but then social media is flooded with all these people that are having dinner. And I'm over here on the couch with my wife, kids asleep, watching reruns of Friends. <laughs> so the, the point of all this is it's just interesting when you start looking at everything in life based on supply and demand. You know, you look at the price of salt. You take a look at gas. You look at water bottles. <laughs> Everything has this purpose and this supply and demand side of it. This is why when there were some issues shipping and, and people overbuying toilet paper back during the COVID craze, it, it not prices did so much go out of control. What happened was they just ran out for some bizarre reason. People started stocking up on specifically that. And you had people just buy a bunch of canned goods and a few other things. So you'd go in and the shelves would be empty. Just interesting, that's all. Not saying it was right or wrong. I think it was stupid, especially speaking in hindsight. But you know, some people actually did need to stock up because it was unhealthy for them to go out based on the COVID-19 virus. But not to digress here. The commentary is this is in everything. This happened, the same effect happened with real estate prices. Same happened with car prices. Because of supply chain issues, the new cars coming out were just not as much. Now we're seeing kind of a regression of that. You had a lot of people that leased cars one or two years ago, and these are coming due. They're going to have a massive surplus of cars of what we're seeing coming up. High supply, right, lowers the demand. They have to reduce prices. So we are going to start seeing a shift in certain things. Now, why is real estate not dropping? You mentioned cars. Well, because you still have people that are sitting on these 2 and 3% rates. They don't want to sell that home. Actually, they were planning on it, but now they're not. They're looking to rent that house out and buy another one. And those rates are 6 7%. At a point in time, they were 8%. So the idea is everything is based on this like unique, I, I'm going to call it a bubble, but this euphoria of what do I need now and what can I use later? And this is where you have to identify. Because I remember people wanting to buy recreational vehicles, these are RVs, and boats during COVID because they couldn't travel, so they want to do things their own. Prices skyrocketed. I mean, those companies made millions and millions and millions of dollars. But those have significantly slowed down. Some would say it's because of the gas price increases. Some would say because people are sick of their local neighbors, uh, not their neighbors next door, but the neighborhood uh, attractions you could do, the neighborhood lake that you were doing, the uh, local camp parks that you were going to. Because people were kind of over that, they want to get out of the country, they're allowed to move, people are not doing that as much. If you go on the RV listings and boat listings, the boat traders and so on, you are seeing significant decreases right now. So the commentary I was saying is, hey, if you're interested in that back then, I know it was heavily in demand then because that's all you're going to do. But if you still are in and in retirement and into that type of extracurricular activities, that this is the time to start looking at boats and cars. Not only are people struggling, but people are now wanting to get rid of it because they just don't need it as much. By the way, folks, if you're just joining me, you're listening to Gabriel Shane, certified financial planner and your host of more knowledge, 
more wealth here on every weekend talking about all important topics of personal finance. And this all started with talking about Valentine's Day. And by and I love Valentine's Day because, you know, back then and even now, it's just our one time that we, it should be more than one time, but at least the one day that is designated for your love to go out, right? But they also have birthdays and Christmas and uh, maybe other religious uh, time. Then you have uh, what else is there? Mother's Day, birthdays, Halloween, uh, anniversaries. So there's a lot of time that we get to show this. But the idea is they really push initiative, cultural initiative to take somebody out generates just on that day $26 billion of revenue uh, just on economic impact just on that day. That's according to National Retail Federation. So uh, I do want to switch gears a little bit. And this happened maybe a couple weeks back with Elon Musk. And this is an important one because this it was kind of hard for me to understand. It, it was really hard for me to gather. I didn't quite understand the logic behind this. But I'm going to go back and scroll in just a text message thread that I had. Let me tell you when this happened. This was on uh, January 31st. So I had to scroll through it. And so this is a post saying a Delaware judge, a Delaware judge just retroactively voided Elon Musk's $55 billion Tesla pay package from 2018. This is where shareholders voted in favor of this. By the way, all milestones were hit and Tesla stock went up 800% since then. This is insane. People will definitely not be able to incorporating companies in Delaware going forward. And Elon Musk has a famous quote saying, never incorporate your company in the state of Delaware. I mean, it's just crazy. Here's the craziest part of the whole thing. The plaintiff, the person who sued this, only has nine shares of Tesla. And by the way, this was overruled by 76% of shareholders that voted for this in. So I'm just shocked that this judge was able to move forward on this. It's just crazy that some reddick blogger here who owns $2,000 worth of Tesla sues the richest man in the world, okay? And his company's comp plan and wins. This is a dangerous precedent for Delaware. This is just insane. I'm, I'm going to say about 300 of the Fortune 500 companies has their companies incorporated in Delaware because their laws are stronger and more governed and better governed for corporations. This is insane that this was even acknowledged that somebody should 76% of the shareholders uh, agreed to this. Get out of here, Mr. Nine shares being held. How humiliating. This, If this isn't a targeting effect on Elon Musk, I don't know what the hell is. Uh, I mean, it has to be, right? Because there was zero logic, zero common sense to this acceptance. I mean, so essentially he was working for free since 2018. Because remember, he didn't want to take a salary. He only wanted to be paid in stock. It's so unbelievable, it has to get overturned. Like, it's so ridiculous when all the shareholders, 76% of them, agree to this. I mean, how did this even get to a lawsuit? The stupidity of our judicial system is insane. I mean, I, if this wasn't a show for everybody, I would be saying a lot more negative things about this with more choice words. But the shareholders board everybody already approved it i mean this is wild it literally feels like it has nothing to do with tesla i mean a company that's worth think about this has nine shares 
of a company that's worth what six, seven hundred, six hundred billion dollars, right? Stock prices dropped recently. That can have this much of an impact is insane. Ah, I just have to share that because I've been holding that for a while. How humiliating of our just uh, of our system that this could even happen. Folks, if you have any questions on this, if you want to know the impact, if you just want to go over your situation, relate this show to your specific situation, talk about ways to save money during Valentine's or how you could sue another company over a comp plan over their CEO and founder and, and so on, innovator, give us a call. Oof, talk about wanting to hear a rant, huh? Phone number 855-963-2526. That's 855-96-FALCON like the bird, or visit our website at falconwealthplanning.com. That's falconwp.com for short. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after a few words. This is Gabriel Shaheen, Certified Financial Planner, your host of More Knowledge, More Wealth. That's on every weekend. We're going over all important topics of personal finance. We're going over retirement planning, making sure you're prepared for retirement, social security and strategies, real estate, taxes, avoiding them now and in the future, investments, reducing fees, commissions, and so on, insurance and estate planning. Folks, we are offering a free financial assessment that you could take advantage of. We have offices all across Southern California, including the Inland Empire. Give us a call to take advantage. Our phone number is 855-963-2526. That's 855-96-FALCON, like the bird, or visit our website, falconwealthplanning.com. That's falconwp.com for short. Enjoy the show. We look forward to serving you. Welcome back, folks. This is Gabriel Sheen, Certified Financial Planner, and your host of More Knowledge, More Wealth here every weekend. And we're talking about all important topics of personal finance. That first segment, I went on a couple rants about Valentine's Day and Elon Musk uh, losing his compensation for the past six years of Tesla. Uh, but this segment, I want to switch it up a little bit. I thought I would have some fun just in general with the election year coming up. And the markets looked bad, then looked good and now it's like i don't know how i'm feeling so we want to go over uh right now just like just the s p returns since 1928 it de depending on who is elected president and what the s p 500 returns for every single four-year period when applicable uh for uh the presidency because when you look at just that total return during that period of time i think it's just important uh for many many reasons and so uh another thing at the end of the day, for the most part, what you'll see in these numbers, Republican or Democrat doesn't really, and I say this respectfully, obviously, matter. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. And because it doesn't really matter, because the markets move no matter what. But I wanted to kind of show proof of this uh, through total return numbers. Okay, so the average return. Now, I will say uh, this uh, information here is from uh, uh, First Trust. And so data source, Morningstar um, as well. So just a couple core concepts. Remember, this is not here to skew Republican or Democrat or anything like that, okay? Um, so, so just speaking, uh, S&P 500, now this goes till 2016. Um, for some reason, it should have showed 2020, uh, but uh, let's just go here till 2016. So the average from 20, uh, 1928 to 2016, Republican was elected, it was a 15.3% average return. Uh, a Democratic elected was 7.6. All election years, 11.28. Keep in mind, it's all above the average. Okay, I mean, 19 of the 23 years, 83% of the time provided a positive performance. That's important to know. That's on just the election year. 
Okay, so when a Democrat is in office and a new Democrat was elected, the total return for the year is 11%. When a Democrat was in office and a Republican was elected, total return is almost 13%, 12.9. But let's start off. In 1928, when Hoover was elected, it was a S&P 500 total return of 43%. Then when Roosevelt came in, 1932, now this is an important distinction, by the way, because and when Hoover came in, keep in mind, uh, as the crash of uh, the stock market, 1929, uh, there was really no standards. You could just say your company made millions of dollars and people would invest in it. There was a lot of fraud back then. This is why the crash was so impactful. So then when Roosevelt came in 1932, kind of towards the tail-ish end of the uh, Great Depression, uh, the market uh, lost 8.2%. Now, 1936, uh, uh, Roosevelt got reelected. Remember, he had four terms here. So this Roosevelt's second term, up 33.9%. 1940, during World War II, down 9.8%. Roosevelt, 1944, up 19.8%. I'm going to start rounding all this point. All these numbers kind of hurt, right? So four terms for Roosevelt, negative 8, positive 34, minus 10, positive 20. Truman gets in, made 5.5%. Eisenhower made 18%. Eisenhower again, second term, almost 7%. Kennedy came in fairly flat, 0.5%. Johnson after that made 16.5. Okay, so let's take a break, right? Because you had Hoover as a Republican, Tr Roosevelt and Truman as Democrats, Eisenhower as a Republican, you had Kennedy and Johnson as Democrats, Nixon, uh, which uh, we haven't talked about yet, is a Republican. So my point is, so far you had some positive years. And if you notice the reason some of these years were actually negative was because of major impacts like war and so on. And remember, the war was in Europe. We came involved, especially after Pearl Harbor. That's when we really started to go and go in strong. And we had to fight off Japan. They were too close to us. Still ridiculously relatively far. Uh, not only now, but especially back then with the, the technology and so on uh, for planes to fly that far away, big deal. So what am I trying to say with all this is that the impact isn't always directly with the presidency. For example, you had the Great Recession in 2008 when Bush was in power. Now, directly, he wasn't really involved fully with that because it was extreme uh, greed by the banks that just kept making these loans that people were buying that they couldn't afford. You can argue the fact that some of his policies allowed them to be more greedy. So there, that's an indirect reason because that's a valid argument. And so there are direct and indirect reasons for everything, but I don't want to go down that ra uh, rabbit hole. Uh, <clears throat> Nixon, two uh, years, even though one wasn't fully finished, 11.1% uh, in his first term and 19% in his second term. Carter, 23.8%. Reagan, 32%. Reagan's second term, 6.3%. Bush Sr., 16.8%. Okay, so a lot of you remember these names. Majority of those were Republicans. Nixon, Republican. Carter was the only Democrat. And then Reagan and Bush Sr. were also Republicans. So my point of all this is it did fantastic. But I'll tell you this. That was also during Jimmy Carter when there was hyperinflation and so on and so forth. And then you had the people, the Republican Party, really inheriting a period of time where they were able to ride that with a high stock market. And again, not blaming Democrats and not giving Republicans all the credit either. So just being fair and unbiased. Clinton. Seven uh, Democrats, 7.7%. Clinton, uh, second term, 23%.
Yeah, some people say, well, he fell into the dot-com era. Okay, well, Bush got the tail end of that, which is a uh, Republican. Bush Jr. lost 9% during his first uh, presidency, his first term. Why? Because 2000, 2001, 2002 were negative years in the market because of the dot-com bubble. And then his second term did 10.9%. Uh, Keep in mind, that's with uh, at the tail end of that, uh, the Great Recession. Obama, who got into office, had a negative 37% his first term. Keep in mind, that's because the bottom of the markets happened in 2009, and he got elected in 2008. Obama, again, had a positive 16%. Trump in 2016 had a 12% return. And so all of this is, and we know who's Democrat and who's Republican, especially for those uh, newer uh, ones, more, more recent ones. The comments with all this is what? A lot of this information that you're going to hear and read, yes, it's impactful, but if you notice, if it wasn't for the Great Recession, which we could argue happened in the Republican Party, and it got punched in the face in the Democratic Party. If it didn't happen for a World War II. If it didn't happen for the Great Depression, which arguably could have been failures of previous presidencies versus Roosevelt uh, when he took it over, uh, or Hoover, it could have been prior to that when they weren't implementing policies in place. They had to typically wait for something bad to happen to start to create new rules and regulation. That's normally how it goes. Right now, we're entering a world of social media. There really is no rules behind it. They're trying to incorporate that. That's why uh, Mark Zuckerberg, to this day, I think last month, was just talking to Congress about it. He, quite frankly, even apologized for some of the things that they're doing incorrectly. So it's not always what it seems. By the way, folks, if you're just joining me, you're listening to Gabriel Sheen, Certified Financial Planner, your host of More Knowledge or Wealth here on every weekend. And the point I'm trying to make here in this episode today is there is just always more than what we're hearing and understanding. And it's like that in the stock market as well. Take it a step back. You take a look at any situation that happens, like the first, God forbid, plane crash. They had to create new rules and regulatory agencies such as the FAA. The wood cars came out. They didn't have rules for cars back then, right? It created actually a whole new industry once cars came out, right? Because then you had to have stop signs. You had to have street lights. You had to make new rules for a new innovation that comes out. Same thing with augmented reality. I'm not sure what those are yet, but if everybody starts to utilize it, there's probably going to be some uh, usage and some regulation there. That's what the metaverse is. Metaverse, not everybody knows what it is. I haven't been on the metaverse in, to an extent. I did something called DreamWorks at Arizona State University, which is virtual learning, which was quite interesting. So there's always something that is coming out tomorrow that we don't know what the rules are going to be for that yet. You have to get there first. Rules will come afterwards. And that's sometimes what you see in the performance of the president, of who gets election. Uh, elected, they are inheriting a problem. Uh, so, for example, we have Bitcoin ETFs now. Okay, great. Still, some issues with the regulation of that. Just because ETFs and the SEC approved those ETFs, it doesn't mean it's still not the wild, wild west. There's still issues with regulation of pricing and the supply and demand and the blockchain and the transaction list and inflows and outflows. These still don't have direct correlation to the spot Bitcoin pricing. When they go up 5%, those ETFs are not going up exactly 5% all the time. There's some deviation between them because of bid asks and inflows and outflows. You have to know what you're getting into. And so when you're looking at a stock, it's the same exact thing. And that's how you can figure out what's a good investment to buy in. 
You're taking a look at information today and how it will impact the stock tomorrow. This is why it's so difficult to choose individual stocks. You have some of the best companies in the world today that struggle based on news that come out that has nothing to do with them. It just could be a potential impact to their business, maybe a competitor. If it takes one to five to 10% market share, that could be impactful. So these are the things that impact long-term effects on a company. For example, GM, Ford, hasn't been doing great over a long period of time. Sure, there's parts where it did really well. Why? Well, because Tesla, that wasn't even around 10 years ago, or maybe I should say relevant 10 years ago, just had the number one selling vehicle in the world last year with the uh, Model Y. I mean, that's pretty impactful to now take that much market share, 1.2, 1.3 million sales of the Model Y. That's crazy. I'm here in Southern California. I see those things go around all the time. That impacts other stocks. Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google, all these companies that are great today, we don't know what impact they have later on. Folks, this is why we're offering a free financial assessment, is to have these conversations, these dialogues, depending on the stocks that you hold, look at the outlook, look at the competitors, look at the future, look at the impact it has on the relevancy of your portfolio, of the need to have it there versus diversifying that out, or even maybe strategically choosing a smaller competitor. So if it does take market space, at least you can get higher growth from the other stock folks. This is why we're offering that free financial assessment, where we'll give you one to two meetings of our time, one to two hours of our time at no cost, folks. Reach out to us. We'd love to help. It doesn't matter where you're located. Our phone number is 855-963-2526. That's 855-96-FALCON like the bird, or visit our website at falconwealthplanning.com. That's falconwp.com for short. We would love to help in your situation. Folks, there's always more to talk about, and we are limited on this show. If you have any inquiries that you want to reach out and have me discuss on the show, just send it to radio at falconwp.com. That is radio at falconwp.com. You can do it through a voice memo. You can just do it through an email direct or in the notes as we have a video cast of this if you wanted to watch me <laughs> present this show on YouTube. But, folks, that was a fast, fast show. I want to thank you for tuning in with us. You can always reach out to myself or any one of my colleagues here at Falcon Wealth Planning. Our phone number is 855-963-2526. That's 855-96-FALCON, like the bird. Or visit our website at falconwealthplanning.com. That's falconwp.com for short. And you can get this episode or any one of our previous episodes as well through podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And remember, we have that Knowledge Center on our website that also sends you to the YouTube channel. So many fantastic videos that we have that is up. Give them a look, give them a try, and yet again, if you want to see more of those, send it to radio at falconwp.com. Folks, thank you for tuning in with me. I want you to have a fantastic weekend, a great week, and God bless.